Chasing Kangaroos acknowledges the First Nations people as the strong and resilient custodians of the land, waters and skies from which we record. We pay our respects and gratitude to the Gadigal people of the Eora Nation who nurtured this country for generations and whose stolen land we record these podcasts. We pay respects to their leaders, past and present and emerging, and to the countless First Nations people who have done so much to enrich our game of rugby league. Always was, always will be Aboriginal land. Hello and welcome to Chasing Dillaroos. My name is Big T, but most importantly, it's the Eels' happiest champion, Mary Kay. Welcome to week six. Honestly, I'm just going to lie here and bask in my own glory for a little bit because it is very rare that I get this opportunity. It was a super happy weekend to be an Eels fan and I don't often get that. So Big T, I'm feeling pretty good. And what an image as well for us and our viewers and listeners to have as well, just you laying somewhere basking. That's essentially what I would imagine you're always doing, but now I know that you're doing it with a smile. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it's really, really pathetic how my moods are dictated <laughs> by this football club, but uh, I don't think you're a psychologist, are you, Big T? So we no, might no. need to get a professional onto the show. And also I'm going to enable all of that because I do it too. Um, now the only thing that I will say, though, is that this NRLW season Maybe it's because I was spoiled with the one, the the 2021 season that was at the beginning of this season. I was thoroughly enjoying it. The drama was great. The football was great. But I feel like even though this one is is high quality, if if anything, the football's better. It feels a little lost at the moment in the whole ethos of rugby league. Are you feeling that too? Yeah, I would agree with you, Big T. And I feel like it's a conversation that I've had with a lot of people. I'm not sure whether it's because it's going concurrently with the men's season that it feels lost. It could be that, I don't know, journalists towards this back end of the season are starting to feel really tired and perhaps Mm. they just don't have the same energy. It could be that, uh, you know, newspapers, TV, radio only have limited time on air or limited shelf space. So perhaps they go for the men's comp rather than the women's. But for me, it's it's felt a little bit lost, which is a real shame given the quality of rugby league we've seen. And I yeah. think just raises the question about, you know, when is the ideal time to have this competition? An excellent question because I know in the past it's run at this time so that the grand finals link up. During the finals, there's less NRL M teams. The NRLW got to shine. It didn't feel... Like this, could could part of it be also like viewer fatigue, having two seasons uh, in one year? Could that be part of it? Absolutely, it could be part of it. I think Big T, there are a lot of contributing factors. Um, but, yeah, I just haven't felt like it's gotten the same momentum as it has in previous iterations or previous years. Mm, okay. 
Um, can you answer that scheduling question? Where's your optimum time? Mm. Gosh, it's a good question and I feel like you really need to consider the other competitions and the other commitments. So at the start of the year is selfishly great because everyone's excited, everyone wants rugby league and it really shines a spotlight on the competition. Do worry a little bit about player welfare though, particularly playing in the heat in February. And also I suppose the benefit of having it at this point in the season is that the players have had opportunity to play in the New South Wales and Queensland-based competitions. They go into origin. So they're coming off the back of a full season, whereas at the start of the year they're a little bit more raw. So it's a big question, Big T, and I think one we're going to have to confront, especially given that next year we move to a 10-team competition. Mm. So if we have it at this time, it will start earlier. Mm. Yeah, so which 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 way would you, if you got to vote, which way do you think is going to be the best for for the competition? I think they will go with keeping it in the same spot as it is now, simply so the players can have their state-based competitions. Yeah. And does it also that's, help that's, with, with with broadcasters and stuff because there's less NRLM on, there's more resources for NRLW? Potentially, but then I think that that works to the disadvantage of fans because games just get put wherever the men are playing. Yeah. And it just means that fans can't get out to watch their team. Yeah, and we're going to see that this weekend. In fact, we've seen it for the last three weekends. Yeah, okay, I, I see. That is a real conundrum. And But we also felt during the season proper for both competitions that we were there were games played at the same time. So. It's a real, it's a real challenge uh, that mm-hmm. I don't have an answer for. Um, me either. That's why we're not in charge. Yeah, I guess. Put that's me true. in charge, and I'll find an answer. <laughs> I believe that. I'm no expert. I just love the game, but more than that, I love the community. If you're a fan of rugby league or the NRL, you'll love Big T's Tees. Unique, affordable, and made for fans. Find a link to the online store in the show notes below. You'd look good in one of Big T's tees. Uh, mm-hmm. Now, now speaking of people who found the answer, the Eels beat the Broncos 28-16 at Gosford. Uh, the tries to the Broncos, which are Sinead Sazalka, Hayley Maddock, and Ali Brigginshaw. Ali was two from three. Uh, and one of them was an absolute shank. I was surprised. And then the Eels tries with Tiana Patani, Ellie Johnson, Zali Faye, Samaya Taufa, and Kennedy Charrington. Uh, Taylor Preston was three from five. She also got a penalty goal. Where did you – oh, no, I know where you watched it. Sen's exclusive amazing colour commentator. You were there. Um, tell me about – how did you see the game? Kennedy Charrington is a vibe, big T. Whatever she's got. That's what I want. So that's where I'm going to start. (laughs) But what I would like to say is that it's funny, leading into this weekend, people were like, oh, the Eels can't make the finals. And I explained to them that the Eels were more than just a mathematical possibility. It was a very real possibility. And I tipped the Eels against the Broncos because I feel like even though this is a team that's been winless throughout the season, they have come really close Mm. to knocking off the Dragons, the Knights, and the Titans. So not only did I think they deserved a win this weekend, um, but I was really pleased to see them, you know, win convincingly and do mm. it so well against a Broncos team that we know has been weakened this year. I'm really glad that you highlighted Kennedy Charrington because she was great. I'm also glad that you 
were right that the Eels would win and, and that Brisbane would falter. Can I also get you to talk about the Empress, uh, Samima Taufa, because she was huge in this game. There is a very small injury cloud over her, which is terrifying. But please talk to her and Ellie Johnson's power game, who were just both incredible in this game. So, Big T, watching this game, the player that stood out to me the most was Samima Taufa. Yeah, yeah. And even though the scoreline looks quite convincing, there was a while there where it really was in the balance and the scores were tied up. That's right. And the runs that Mima was making just up the field, leading by example, were absolutely inspirational. And I touched on Kennedy Charrington before. Kennedy is energy. She absolutely brings energy to that Parramatta team. She scored her first NRLW try on the weekend and what a time to really make it count. Mm. You're right. Samima ended up with all, with 307 all-run metres and, and as you said, like pivotal time ones. Um, she was just a boss. And and having that power game that Parramatta um, showed that weekend was beautifully uh, directed by Kennedy Charrington. But I love your comment about her being energy. I think that's so valued these days in rugby league, having a, having a player in that position being so big and and in everything just can be so important um, for a team. And that uh, I think we saw that on the, in this game. We certainly did. And, look, I saw Ali Brigginshaw after the game in the press conference. She looked visibly upset. I think it's been a really tough season for the Brisbane Broncos. They finished sort of where I expected them to. I didn't expect them to be a top three team this year, given the uh, the strength of power that they lost. But that's the first time in the history of the NRLW that the Broncos have missed the finals and the first time that the Eels have beaten them in this competition. Excellent stats. And you did such a great job of sounding like solemn and sad about it, whereas really it's a, it's a very small celebration over there. Come on. Well, it is a celebration, so I'm happy the Eels have made it. But this is the thing, Big T, when you support women's sport and you know their stories and you know the athletes, like how can I not cheer for Chelsea Lenarduzzi? I absolutely yeah. love her. Ali Brigginshaw is a goat. Taryn Aitken is a real talent. Hayley Maddock has played touch football for Australia and just showed blistering speed. So for me, it is a, it's, it's a little bit at the end of an era, to be perfectly honest. But I, I am really happy for the Eels that they have managed to make the first final series in the club's history in the NRLW. Exciting. Um, just just absolute feels. And, and I want to go back to your point before as well about how it was in the balance and those girls stepped up because the way that Brisbane also put themselves back in it, uh, and mistake me if I'm wrong, I think Ali puts up an incredible uh, drop goal restart and Jamie Chapman takes the most incredible <laughs> catch, runs, 45 metres, just um, tackle breaking all the way to the 50. And at the end of that set, there's an incredible kick that Ali then ends up scooping. Sorry, not Ali. Uh, yeah, Ali B ends up scooping up and scoring to level the scores. It was it was so incredible. It was the Brisbane Broncos that we'd seen maybe two or three years ago where just anything can happen. They're so confident and whatever. That was the time. Jamie Chapman's had, in a losing side, has had an incredible three games. Yeah, she certainly has. And from memory, she scored a hat trick two weeks ago. But being there to watch that in full flight was terrifying, Big T. She's a talent yeah. um, and she is certainly a player that I think the Broncos are really excited about for their future seasons. Yeah. Um, 
And I feel like I'm now, I'm not as mentally fast as you because you keep saying things and then I keep thinking about them. The only other, one other thing I want to pick up, you said, was you saw Ali Brigashaw in the um, press conference and she was quite um, upset. But that's because you were there. Like for me, I, if I had said that sentence, it's because I watched it on the NRL.com. But when you say that, you were like seeing her in the press conference. Am I right? Can I just get that visual right? Yeah. That's yeah. so cool, Mary. You are so cool. You are the, <laughs> one of the coolest rugby league people I know. Um, oh, right back at you, Big T. I feel the no, same no, way no. about you. No, 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 no. Because it's often like when people are bilingual and they're telling me a story about, oh, they're talking to their mum about this and their mum their was upset about that, blah, blah, blah. And I have to stop and go, but this whole conversation happened in French, right? Like you're... You're relaying the story to me in English, but it's so rad you do this in French. And it's it's the same with you. You're often telling me this, like, oh, yeah, I saw this and this was great, but I've got to remind myself that you're in a, you're in a different language, you're in a different world. Is there anything else about this game that we should touch on other than it it launched? Oh, no, it didn't launch, right? You needed the Dragons to lose. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, the Titans to win. Titans, sorry. sorry. But, oh, my gosh. Let's try that for a third time. The Roosters <laughs> to beat the Titans. That's, yeah, that's what right. I needed. That's right. <laughs> that's what I needed. But this was a good start. This is what um, this is the start of of a fantastic uh, series of events in the NRLW. Let's go to that said game then. The Titans versus the Roosters. It was a triple header at Gosford, thirty eight to twelve. Uh, to the Roosters, they they put them away. Really, Madison Bartlett's got a double, and uh, Fayufa scored as well for the Titans. They were zero from three um, from the conversions as well. Destiny Brill. Scored, I think she scored a double. Yes, Destiny Brill scored a double. Jada Taylor, Shania Power, Jamee Fressard, Jess Sergis, and Jamee Fressard. Oh, she also scored a double. Damn it. Um, seven tries, five from seven from Zara Tamara. Uh, Tamara. This game was terrifying for anyone who's not a Risk fan. <laughs> it certainly was, and to me demonstrates that the Roosters really are the real deal. Mm -hmm. I know in the week there was a lot of discourse about the chance that the Titans had because the Roosters were resting two of their best players, being Samantha Bremner and Racine McGregor, who I personally think have been the two best players in the competition. Fact. But it didn't matter. The Roosters still absolutely dominated. You mentioned Destiny Brill, who scored a double. She has been such a wonderful pickup for the Roosters. And it's really just a pleasure to watch them play. That's a great way to put it. And I didn't know, uh, I was listening to this without commentary, so I didn't know that Racine wasn't in it. And it took uh, maybe 20 minutes and I was thinking, bloody hell, she's quiet. But the Roosters mm-hmm. were still winning, so I didn't think much about it. But but it only it took me forever to really find it out. They're, um, unlike the, the Eels, who when I was watching it, really thought they were very powerful and, and very big and dominant. The Roosters, although although having a great forward pack, they just looked so slick. They looked so well coached. Their back line was incredible. Destiny Brill really stood up in this game. I think maybe without um, without the half there, it was she kind of maybe thought it was a bit more of her game. Jess Sergis also um, was great, and Jada Taylor. Like, so I'm assuming she stepped up, obviously, um, because the uh, fullback was taken out or sort of rest, rested. And what a game Jada had. I know. She really, really is a star of the future. And for those of you who don't remember Jada, she is the woman whose highlight reel you would have seen around the under-18s women's state of origin. She scored a 108-metre try. It's been watched millions of times. And and she really is a star of the future. So thrilled to see her get an opportunity. And, and she took it with both hands with Sammy B being rested. Yeah. 
Um, that little ball, I think it was popped up by, or oh, who was it? Was it? I'm not going to remember. Someone popped up a great little a little um, ball over the shoulder, and she came steaming onto that to score that incredible um, backline play, which was easily or well, close to the highlight of the weekend. If it wasn't for that that incredible run by the Bronco player, um, that was that was when I was just like, this team is incredibly not just well coached, but also like confident in the coaching. You know, when someone would call that play to to have the courage to do it, and then to do it almost. Mm. To the centimeter was incredible, and I think Big T just really to me demonstrated this weekend. Demonstrated to me the hierarchy that I think exists in the NRLW this year. The Roosters are absolutely a cut above the rest. Then you have the Knights and the Dragons, who are very competitive teams, mm. and then you have the bottom three in the Titans, the Eels, and the Broncos. Any one of those teams, I think, could have jagged that fourth spot. Yeah. Uh, hmm. I'm not sure about that. but the, Disagree? Well, I just – you guys looked good. I agreed with what you said before. You looked good every game. It just you didn't get a W. So I felt That's like – That's the thing. We didn't get the W. Yeah, I know. But the Titans very rarely looked good, even even that game they did win. So I think um, – yeah, I don't know. But I, I certainly agree with your Rooster point. Are they, they're definitely the team to beat. They look – there isn't really any part of their game that looks like there's, there's somewhere to, to get them on. And even – I mean, defensively, they look great and really well organised. Um, and and people like if you're not even like I didn't I don't even remember Sarah Tegatuki playing and she was you know one of the pillars of last season mm. so you know the, the fact that they're playing that well or the standard on the field is that good that some of their stars are just kind of normal because that you know the average is now so high is a real testament to them. It sure is. Um, I don't know what else to say about them other than I'm terrified of them and I don't want to I don't want the Tigers to ever play them. But <laughs> ever, but the interesting flip side of this then is the last game: the Knights thirty, Dragons eight. Um, I'm not sure if this scoreline is fair. Uh, Fermono and Tegan Berry scored for uh, the Dragons; they weren't converted. Olivia Higgins, uh, Kaina Taka, uh, remembered it before. Taka, no, Taka Rangi. Uh, Taka Rangi. Thank you, Jessica Gentle. Uh, Paki Manz, oh man, I've read all of these so well before in practice. Emma Manzelman and Mackenzie Wheel all scored. There were three from six for Jess um, Southwell. Now, thank you, Jess Southwell, for converting so many because she's the first person I want to talk about. Holy guacamole, that woman is incredible. She is. So this game, Big T, this is the game we were doing actual commentary for SEN and I have a couple of observations. Excellent. First of all, I want to shout out to Shanice Parker. She dropped a bomb very, very early in the game and I was a little bit worried but then took so many wonderful catches with such courage. So I want to shout out to Shanice because she had a great game. The difference between the Dragons and the Knights on the day was Jesse Southwell. So if you look at the Dragons, I feel like there were several players who played well, but there was no particular player in particular that really led that team around, whereas right. Jesse Southwell at 17 years of age led the Knights around, put in a couple of brilliant attacking kicks, set up two tries, and is just so impressive, like she at seventeen years of old years of age, the courage that she plays with, and the control that she has, and the respect that she has from her teammates, it's it's just a joy to see, and I can't wait to watch this young woman develop. 
The respect she has from her teammates, that's an excellent point um, because all the decision-making and so much of what happens goes through her and, and they're confident um, in that. And you're right, for a young person, with you, you can imagine that, that they, she might not have that kind of respect yet, especially with Kira Dibb, who's, who's you know, a veteran, for you know, lack of a better term, in herself, or at least a known name and, and has had some runs on the board. So the thing that really impressed me about Jess You've nailed all of those great stats and things that she did and the love that she has. There's one play where the ball, uh, I think she gets an offload or, or and the, her player goes down, gets an offload, and she takes the ball and literally stands still and quickly surveys the defensive line and then decides what she's going to do. The amount of time that she just seems to have or demands, because if anyone rushes up and she make, that'll make her play off the back of that, was so impressive that I just felt like she was just the... Uh, epitome of confidence she looked like Ali B like she just looked like that nothing was going to face her she was going to make the right decision I think that's really what I'm going to get to she just looked like she was constantly just about to make the right decision which is an incredible trait to have in a halfback yeah it really is and there are a couple of other Knights players that I want to shout out to uh Caitlin Johnston was, was powerful as always it's funny I've got these great friends on Twitter Matt and Keita Clark but Matt is the one that does the tweeting and he commented about loving watching Caitlin Johnson and not being able to take his eyes off her chicken legs. <laughs> it's like, oh my gosh, it's true. It's so true. But she's just, she's such a gun. And to see Jess Gentle score on debut, Olivia Higgins was great. It, it's just, honestly, to think that they did all that without Hannah Southwell, without Caitlin Moran, without yes. Tamika Upton, that nice team's the real deal. Yeah, 100%. When you have Caitlin and Millie setting a platform for Jess uh, and even Kira Dib, it's an it's an incredible um, outlook. Now, <clears throat> the thing about all of that is I think the Knights should have scored more than 30. The game was the game was a good game for the first half, but in the second half, the Knights, well, the, the Dragons stopped playing. I don't know what on earth happened. I think to your point before, there was no really leader standing up in that, and which was unusual for a team that has – Elsie Albert or, or Holly Wheeler, um, who can put things on. But Emma, Tom, Emma Tomagato just seemed to have disappeared a bit compared to, to last season. So I don't know I don't know what's happening on the field. I don't know if it's a chat or the confidence, but they definitely disappeared in that second half. And the Knights didn't. They, they, um, they came and they, and they came hard. But I think they could have made 40 in that half. They just seemed the Dragons looked despondent. I think what I noticed, Big T, was in the first half, Every time a team would make an error, the other team would capitalise. Right. And at the start, we were really going tit for tat. The Knights would score, the Dragons would score, the Knights would score, the Dragons would score. And after halftime, I said to Jimmy Smith, the Knights want to win this game. All they need to do is control the ball. And their ball handling was so much better in that second half. And the Dragons just continued to struggle. Yeah. No, you're right. And with that, because they ended up with a better, um, with more possession um, as well. And so they ended up with a lot more post-contact meters, a lot more line breaks, a lot more tackle breaks, and so many of those happened in the second half. Um, so that's a great pick-up from you, just just a simple thing like that they can get that they can fix it. And I think we mentioned last week that there was errors, I think, in the Eels game, that it, that's one little yes. thing you can fix, and then they were going to get back on top. And we saw it there, and the Knights just needed to do it in the second half, and they've come out on top. The the most exciting thing about this scoreline, I mean, I didn't like seeing the Dragons getting blown away. I, I liked them last season, and it's a shame to see them fade a bit. But if those Roosters were going to put on a big score, it was great to see also the Knights put on a big score because they are setting up a juicy final series, um, which is just around the corner. 
I know you're at this game. You did a great job of commentating. Is there anything else that we need to get to before I take us to the end of the table? No, I think that's it. Other than it was an awesome day out at Gosford. Everyone got to run on the field at the end of the game and credit to the Knights players and also to the Dragons players who hung around signing autographs. It was great. Millie Boyle was mobbed as per usual. It was just a a really great day. Although I do have one story. So Big T, it had been a pretty long day. Uh, Jimmy came up with me to watch the games, bless him, to support me. He'd watched six games of rugby league in total on the weekend, which is some sort of new (laughs) record, I think. But we get to my car at the end of the day. I just want to get in my car and drive home. I've got to write an article for the Raw. I'm just, I'm tired, Big T. You know, just that really heavy Mm. eyes when you're tired. And as we're walking to the car, I say to Jimmy, Jimmy, are our lights on? Oh, no. Oh, yes. Oh, yes, Big T. So there we are in the Gosford car park. Waiting for the NRM back. Oh, no. Oh, Mary, please. It was okay. It was really fine. Jimmy and I did well. I wrote my article while we were waiting. The NRMA was super quick, but it was just not how I wanted my day to end. No. I love that you were able to then just get the work done in that time, still finding silver linings. But I can I can definitely feel that energy of like, oh, let's just get out of here. This has been a great day, but, you know, I need to tie this day off. And then you just find that. There's another 30, 40. Well, how long did it take? Another hour? Uh, something like that. So between us calling the NRMA and us being on the road again, it was about 40 minutes. So, look, we were very fortunate. The guy was lovely. It just, uh, yeah, it just wasn't how I wanted my day to end. How about you and the incredible skill of busting out an article in 40 minutes? <laughs> There's another. You've got to make, you got to hustle, tick, Big T. Blue tick doing blue tick things. I just love that we get these little crumbs of what it's like to be to be one of the best. <laughs> Um, okay, well, the, the, the t- at the end of that game, and once the batteries are back on, driving back down the highway, the, t- the table looked like this. Titans ended up sixth, uh, Broncos fifth, Eels scraping in at fourth on a differential, having a win-loss uh, record of one and one and four, but there were negative 20 scraping through. Dragons third, Knights second, Roosters undefeated, five wins from five games. Um, and so now we have... The final series, and can I tell you, this is also just perfectly set up. I love Knights, Dragons, Roosters, Eels. You get the the whole Sydney Roosters, Eels thing happening. You guys haven't played for a couple of weeks, but the Knights and Dragons are doubling back onto each other. So Dragons will look at all that tape, come back even more hungry, see if they can make something happen with the Knights. But obviously we are poised perfectly for a Roosters-Knights grand final. Um to, 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 where, where are you seeing the most exciting parts of this? I want to see how the Eels match up against the Roosters, Big T. And I don't say that because I think, you know, the Eels are certainties or anything like that. The Roosters are going to be very tough to beat. But the Roosters are the first team that the Eels played this year. They were dusted up a little bit, but not too much considering some of the score lines we've seen the Roosters put on. So I want to see how much the team has improved since then. I'm very curious. And then also what I'm curious about is there's this funny stat where if teams play each other one week and then the week after, typically who wins the game is reversed from the mm. previous week. And if you think about Roosters South in the NRLM, the exact same thing happens. So I wouldn't be riding uh, the Dragons off this weekend. Uh, I will end up tipping the Knights, I think. But, uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see whether that start works out as well. 
Yeah, well, the Knights currently are, are favourites at a dollar six. They're pretty short favourites, and the Roosters are favourites too. But I think um, I would also just quietly love an Eels Knights grand final. Although I think the Roosters probably have deserved it this year to be against whoever it is in the grand final. I don't think I could be unhappy with Knights Eels because then I can't lose. I'm really happy if either of those teams win. I, I mean, I, I also love seeing like dynasties or, or teams progress and seeing the Roosters win two in a row would also be fantastic. So really, I don't mind um, super what happens. However, if this are all of these games have been played in Brisbane, um, which is just going yes. harking back to our point, harking back to our Great. point about Can't weirdest wait places. To watch. <laughs> yeah. um, two o'clock in the afternoon, I don't know how many Brisbaneites are going to be excited to see the Knights vs Dragons, but um, other than that, what other games are being played in Brisbane this weekend? The NRL so from memory, it's the PM's 13 is being played in Brisbane this weekend and that's what they're playing, not with, but there's, I think, three or four games on that one day. Okay. Oh. Okay. Well, they're trying to make a festival atmosphere. Brisbane Brisbane loves its rugby league, so I'm sure there'll be lots of fans out there that want to go and see that. They're, they love Magic Round, so they can, you know, take it as an NRLW Magic Round. Magic Round final, never been done before. There you go. This is an exciting proposition. You're really thinking, if, if you're pressed and had to put your house on it, you're thinking Knights Roosters or are you thinking there's a real Eels chance? I'm thinking it's Knights Roosters. Yeah, okay. Fair enough. Uh, I, 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 wish, I, I wish I could say otherwise, Big T, but I'd like to encourage all our, our gracious, wonderful listeners just to spare a thought for me. And I know it sounds rich given that I've got two teams still competing, but if you think about what my heart is going to be doing on Friday <laughs> and Sunday, I'd just ask you to just spare a little thought. I don't need sympathy. Just, you know, spare a little thought. There is nothing I want in this world more than both those Eels teams playing on grand final day. So Honestly, Big T, I, I can't even, <laughs> I can't fathom it because I feel like if I even just think about it for a moment, the footy gods will like come from the heavens and... <laughs> You know, Smite turn you. me into flames. <laughs> yeah. But it, it's like it's a dare to dream thing at this stage. Yeah, I don't yeah, yeah. think they're going to be there on either side, but I can dare to dream. I wholeheartedly disagree with you, the NRLM, but I can see that it's a real, it's going to be a real lot of work for the Eels to be the Roosters uh, in the NRLW. Oh, man. I, I always end these with a small stomach. Ache from laughing so much, which I thoroughly. I'm uh, glad. Yeah, I'm so great. glad. I, I find so much joy in watching the games, and then I, I get double joy just talking to someone about it. Um, because you are Mary, an absolute pleasure to talk to each week. I feel exactly the same way about you, my friend. <laughs> We're very lucky. Yes, and I'm also can't wait to see how Mercho slips in that um, that commercial, which he does so seamlessly each week. I'm very impressed by him. Thanks, uh, Mercho. Yes, well done, sir. If you're listening to this. We'd love for you to interact with us on Insta or, or Twitter. I mean, really, if Eels win this game, get around Mary. You're just going to want the vibe, the the, the Twitter vibes. Far out. The, the... I don't know if I can do it, Big T. I really don't. Like, I'm just, you the... know, Friday night was a real, oh, yeah. So good. I'm, I'm without so words. Good. I'm without words. The spaces, the immediate spaces. You'll be going on a nudie run spaces if we can, uh, <laughs> if the Eels get up. And so that would be great. Uh, find Mary at Ladies Do League, me at The Biggest Tiger, and of course the show at Testing Riz Pod.